Perspectives from a varying skill range. I am your lead detective on this case, Andrew. With me, our other detective, Keith. Hello. And of course, our junior detective, Liz. Hey guys. And this week was Liz pick, in which she picked Thimbleweed Park. Hi, right, Liz. Since this was your pick, tell us real quick: is this a game or a pass? I'm going to give this a tentative game. Okay. Yeah, I uh, I'd say I'm probably about the same. I think. I think it's a game, probably. Yeah, for me, if you're new to the genre or if you're a longtime fan of it, I I think you could this can easily be a game for both kind of audiences. It, it does a little something both kind of for both people to make it a uh, nice and accessible. So for me, yeah, I I think this is a game for me as well. Liz, can you explain to us why did you pick Thimbleweed Park? So I was scrolling through the games, and I liked... As you usually do. Yeah, yeah. And I liked the name and the picture, so I was like, what is this game? And I watched the trailer, and it kind of gave me like a Twin Peaks vibe. And I was like, we haven't really done murder mysteries much. And um, it's also been a long time since we did the uh, Click and Point Adventure, so... Well, we've never done a Click and Point Adventure. I mean, I... Oh, I guess should we do it. <laughs> I was thinking myself. <laughs> Wait, have you ever done a click and point adventure game? Yeah. Oh, you have? Which ones have you played before? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Just online games. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wait, I think of like Escape the Room games? No, like oh. an actual game game. Oh. Should I redo that? Cause I was... No. Oh. That's interesting. <laughs> so, to give a quick synopsis of the game, uh, this game comes from a, a small studio called Terrible Toy Box. Uh, so originally this game started as a Kickstarter game, which they originally were working for like 375000 and they ended up like doubling it, which when I first saw that, I kind of thought it was 375000 for a point-and-click adventure game. I felt it was kind of high. I mean, granted, I know video games are kind of hard to make, but this game literally looks like it is from like original like Macintosh Apple computers uh, or the Commodore 64. I mean, it's, it's a little bit better for graphics, but I was kind of surprised that they needed that much money. But yeah, they ended up like doubling what they wanted. So the whole premise of the story is that you play between five different characters and it's all based around kind of this murder that happened within the uh, of this town of 80 people. So it's a small town that you're trying to figure out the conspiracy and unravel the mystery behind this whole murder and as to why this guy was murdered and what's going on in this strange little sleepy town. So I guess starting off, what did you guys think of the overall story? Um, so I thought it was a really good story. I, I don't think they're... I don't know, I think I say this a lot about a lot of things. I don't think it was overwhelming as, like, a, a crazy good story, but it drew me in enough, and I liked the style of it mixed with the light bits of humor that they kind of mixed throughout it. I, it, You know, it was good. See, I, I liked it more at the beginning, but then as the game went on, I really started to care less for it. I feel like, and this is a complaint that I saw online, is that you really don't have that much character interaction or that much story building between the characters. And then it kind of leads to, it's not really a murder mystery. And I don't know, I just, I the first half I thought was great, and then it kind of just, I think, went downhill. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Liz. I, I first was, yeah, really intrigued with the story of this whole yeah, murder mystery and trying to figure out the conspiracy and 
because it's also tied in with this pillow factory that was burned down a couple of years ago. So there's like this huge conspiracy theory. And it just, I felt like it was just, the story was just kind of simmering and then it kind of died down a little bit. And then the ending I thought was kind of a letdown. It turned into this weird meta fourth wall breaking nonsense. I don't know. I didn't care for the ending of it. And also I didn't fully understand the connection between all the characters. I literally felt like everyone was just like a mishmash, like kind of togetherness. I don't know. To me, it didn't feel like, hey, let's form a team. We all have these special abilities. I just felt like you could play these different characters, but like they weren't really working together. Yeah. So I thought it was kind of weird how they had the characters. Yeah, because even like the times where you'd have to use multiple characters to get through a puzzle, you know, in some form of either them actually interacting with each other or one pulling a switch somewhere, etc., there was, like you said, no real connection to it. You could have done it with any of the characters. You don't set it up. You just kind of figure it out and do it. So I guess I didn't really think much about it while I was playing the game, but I think it's a good point and definitely kind of a drawback to it. I think it should have been a mystery within mysteries of the town. Like the pillow factory would be linked to the murder. And you know, I, I, I agree with you, Andrew. Yeah. With that. So the story itself, it, it made it interesting at first, but yeah, it just it got like a little weird. Uh, it always had these kind of strange characters within the town, which I, I enjoyed the characters in the town. I thought that overall the dialogue was pretty funny. You have the sheriff corner and the manager of the hotel are all kind of the same guy. And they keep making jokes about it that, you know, he's the same guy, but he has a different tagline. So that therefore he must be a different character because he's a different tagline. But yeah, so I, I enjoyed finding out a little bit about the town people. But yeah, I don't know. I, I felt like overall the whole lore of the town was a little bit shallow. I also think that if they didn't have Ransom the Insult Clown, the game would have been so boring. Yeah, he definitely he was the, the better person. So much, yeah. yeah, he's really the only character with personality. I One of the bigger, not complaints, but the, I think it was the female detective. Yeah, her voice was just always monotone. It just so boring. It drove me nuts. And I think that's what yeah, she was... I didn't get her motive. Yeah, I don't... Well... I mean, they explain it at the end of the story, but it's so weird. See, I thought her voice fit perfectly because it is kind of like the droning, sarcastic female detective, but it did kind of get on my nerves. Like, I thought it was perfect, but I didn't actually really enjoy it. Yeah, I agree with you there because, yeah, it it made sense. It just, it got old. See, I don't know. Out of, like, all the characters, though, her and Dolores, I thought had, like, actually, no, Dolores made more sense. But yeah, for the female detective, like, I know it kind of explains what her motive was, but I felt like they literally could have removed her character from the game, and it would have been fine. If they just did one detective, and then had the other characters. Because, like, everyone else, you like you could kind of understand some of their motives. Uh, but yeah, Ransom definitely, I think, had the most personality, and he obviously was the most humorous, because he's a foul-mouthed clown, and they beep him out every time. And it obviously just makes really humorous dialogue with it. I think that the two detectives should have had some kind of chemistry. Yeah. Because they, obviously she is rude to him, but it isn't really, like, fun banter. No. And that's what was really missing. It, like, there was no chemistry, like I said earlier, yeah. Well, and to your point, actually, too, Andrew, where you said you could have taken her out, because, without spoiling anything, the male detective, his his backstory actually played into the whole thing with the, yeah. the fire, all that. So he truly made sense. He felt like he fit the game, but her motive, while you are told what it is, it's just so irrelevant, and it didn't really need to happen. Yeah. 
That's why I felt like she could have been removed and the game would have been fine. Yeah, because uh, all of the other characters, and I almost wonder if maybe she was like an afterthought, is maybe they were just going through the puzzles. They thought maybe just having an extra body for someone would make it easier. I don't know. Because every other uh-huh. character really does play into it in some capacity. Like Ransom has a connection to the Pillow Factory and the and the fire, and obviously Dolores does. It's just the female detective is completely out of place. Yeah. No. Now, the other thing I enjoyed about this game, but I think could have been better, was the humor. I felt like this game, like normal point-and-click adventure games, like it has a good humor to it, but I didn't think there was any jokes that I thought were exceptionally funny. Like I, I never really found myself like laughing out loud. I would just kind of chuckle here and there. It was mostly at Ransom and his dialogue, because I thought he was pretty funny. But, I mean, I played uh, Secrets of Monkey Island, and actually, I remember when I played that game, I thought that game was actually really funny. There was a couple modes in that game I remember really laughing at. But this one I just thought was, yes, it was just, it was humorous, but I didn't think the jokes were, like, really hard-hitting. No, I think this one even did a little bit more what you were talking about with Full Metal Furies last week, where it tried to be funny, but also tried to be really dark and brooding, and they just didn't complement each other well. Like, I, yeah. I caught more of that this, in this game than I did on Furies. For me, it was just too much of the fourth wall jokes. Yeah, that got really that, old. And the okay. ending was my least favorite part. And the fact that there were so many of those jokes, it just made me miss the first half of the game. Well, funny that you bring that up. I don't know if you noticed in the options, there's an option to turn off annoying in-game jokes. So I think that was the option to kind of turn off some of the other point-and-click adventure game jokes. Because there is a ton in this game. Uh, if you are a big fan of point-and-click adventure games, I think you'll find a lot to enjoy in this game. Because, yeah, there's a phone book with, like, I think they said it was, like, 8,000 people. Granted, majority of the numbers don't work. But when you call them, they're just four-digit numbers. They give, like, a quick voicemail, which I'm assuming is from the various creators. And a lot of them came from LucasArts Films. And they make a lot of in-game jokes. Like, one of them was talking about, please stop calling me about the stump joke which was a joke from Secrets of Monkey Island. So, like, there's these constant in-game jokes about their previous work at other games that they did. But I think that if you got rid of the in-game jokes, because I beat it on casual and then I played some in hard mode, you already miss out so much with casual mode, which if you are if you game at all, like, do not play it on casual. Like, it's too easy. You miss out. I mean, even locations. There's, like, at least three locations that I know of that I didn't even see. So I feel like if you add on to that, getting rid of some of the, the jokes, I feel like you'd be missing out on so much of the game. Yeah, and something you had said, too, is which for me is kind of funny, is I tend to like a lot of those fourth wall jokes, like in Sunset Overdrive. Sunset Overdrive. I don't know why I said that weird. That game had a ton of those jokes, and I thought it was great. It, like they just tied them in a way I I don't appreciated more. I guess I this agree. one was too specific to the point and click adventure game too. Like I get that's what we were playing, but everything was just kind of the same joke over and over and over again. And then for the ending to just really take over with that whole fourth wall thing, it was just. Yeah, it was a little bit disappointing. This game clearly was meant to be a love letter to fans who really like point-and-click adventure games. And I know it's a little controversial, but I'm going to say it. I actually generally do not like point-and-click adventure games. I have played a handful of them, and I I enjoy them for the most part, but I generally find them more frustrating than I do enjoyable. I mostly played 
uh, a couple of the Sierra games, which they make fun of Sierra games in this one because generally in the Sierra point-click adventure games, you your character can die. And they kind of made jokes about it in this one, like, oh, Sierra games did it that way to extend the gameplay. But yeah, I played a couple of the Sierra, uh, some of the Sierra games. One of them was The Loon, and there was another one. I kept trying to remember the name of it. I was actually trying to look it up, but I couldn't remember it. Um, I remember it took place in a desert. I couldn't remember it. But uh, yeah, I played Secrets of Monkey Island, and I did a little bit of... Day of the Tentacle, if I remember that right, if I got that name right. But uh, yeah, for the most part, I don't care for him too much. But I will say, at least with this game, I actually did enjoy it. So as Liz was saying, there's two actually difficulty settings. There's a casual mode and a normal mode. And Liz, you first warned me that you played on casual, and you're like, oh, I was able to do this, and it wasn't too difficult. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll give it a try, I'll do normal. And like the big complaint I normally have with point-click adventure games some of the puzzles are just obscure. And it's like, how are you supposed to figure this out? Luckily, the nice thing with this game, there actually is an in-game phone line where you can call it to give yourself some hints if you get stuck, which I thought was a really nice feature. But yeah, specifically, I remember the first one that really irritated me was uh, trying to figure out how to create ink in the mm -hmm. flashback of Dolores. You had to end up like getting ash. You had to somehow create ash and then mix it with gasoline, and that created your ink. And it was just, like, it was really kind of obscure. Which, kind of, like, the reverse of that, a lot of people complained that when you did it in casual mode, you still get the stuff from making the ink, but you don't use it. So, like, there's just too many red herrings when you don't do the hard mode. You just have all these random objects, and you're like, what do I use this for? Nothing. Yeah, you end up having a full inventory of just garbage. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, my second playthrough, I, had, I ran around with a basically empty... Uh, yeah, same here. Bag at all time because I was like, nope, not important, not important, not important. And then I would go looking for things and then realize, oh, I already have it. Um, because, yeah, it just gives you really half the game. It's When it says casual, it really is the only – if the only thing you care about is looking at the story, go watch it on YouTube um, <laughs> or play it on yeah. casual, I guess. Because, honestly, it's it's not much different of an experience, I don't think. Well, it's really good. I mean, I like that they added a casual mode. I mean, Liz, I figured you can explain this more to us as someone who, you know, doesn't play video games much. Like, how much difficulty did you have with the casual mode? Like, how long do you think it took you to be? And did you have to look up stuff? The big thing that I looked up, I, I think it was a glitch because it wouldn't let me use the printer. But obviously, like, I couldn't pick up the firewood, but I could pick up the gasoline and I was like, okay, so what am I supposed to be doing? And then when I exited out of the game, went back in, it would let me use the printer. So I was trying to figure out, and I actually looked up YouTube videos of, of how to get the printer to work. And I was like, why can't I pick up the log? So for me, like that was a huge nuisance. But besides that, I thought it was I thought it was really easy. I mean, there were times where I was just like, I just want to get to the end, and I like would just quickly Google. But that was like my own like laziness, I guess. So you never used the in-game hint. Phone line? Did you know there was an in-game? I did line? once, and I'm trying to remember what it was for, and it didn't help me. I think it had something to do with the, the portal, trying to figure that out. But, I mean, I think anybody with any kind of gaming experience more than me, like, should do hard. Like, I actually wish I did hard, because, I mean, there were characters that I didn't meet, and there were places that didn't go. And watching you play, I don't think it was out of reach for me to do it. So but how long do you think it took you to beat the game? I don't know. I want to say like 10 hours maybe, maybe less. But wow. I was also like 
super like checking every area like you i i just was, get kind of yeah. finicky with that so and i wanted to collect all the the specks of dust and i accidentally ended the game before finishing one character and i think i needed like two specks of dust or something which i collected less you needed i forget the number but you need less in casual mode because your mode had extra tunnel that mine didn't have, and there was there was dust there. So I know that you must have had to collect more than I did. Yeah, no, I it's seventy five is the is the cap. Oh, for, there's a for there's both a months? yeah there's a max of seventy five, and oh. you don't have to collect any for what it's worth either. They don't. That was another. I mean, it's a joke that they try to they end up making in the game, but those specks of dust are absolutely pointless aside from achievement points. Uh, yeah, you can beat the game with collecting none or all of them, and it doesn't change the story in any way. Yeah, to kind of explain a little bit, there's random, obviously, as we're describing, specks of dust. They're just little gray pixels. But yeah, there's, they're scattered all throughout the world. And yeah, there's achievements to gather those specks of dust. In which, yeah, the story kind of alluded to, like, there was maybe something important with them or some sort of significance to them. But in the end, it was just, nah, you're just collecting dead pixels. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, that was that was kind of disappointing, I will say. Um, but yeah, I was... I. I really again like liz was saying to the tunnels that blew me away when i walked into the tunnel which a you didn't have to do like a whole series of puzzles starting from the very beginning of the game yeah. to get. and then beyond that i was like oh there's two places i can go and that was it <laughs> but uh but yeah i think it took me probably close to like 15 and a half hours the first playthrough on hard but again that was going through and fine combing everything because i didn't want to miss the dust and all that but then i ripped through it on casual just to to finish it off and uh like two and a half hours or something like that so i think i beat it on normal difficulty i think i was at like eight hours 45 minutes it does tell you when you save your game and then i did casual in an hour and 45 yeah because the second time around you can skip all the dialogue yeah you know what to pick up and what not to so it is really fast it is yeah i would say if you're gonna do if you're gonna play it through twice Start with the norm or the casual or or normal mode, whatever it's called, and then go to the casual the second playthrough. Except if you've if you've never played a point click adventure mode, I would say do casual, and then if you play it on normal, like you'll kind of have an idea as like what you're supposed to do. But playing from casual to normal, like it, it it'll be practically like a new game for you. But if you're playing normal to casual, like me and Keith did, you could just easily blaze through the game. Yeah. But yeah, if you're if you're going from casual to normal, it's it adds yeah as Liz was saying a couple new areas, new characters, new ways you have to solve the puzzles. So it, it practically does make a brand new game for you if you played on normal. I do think though it is really tedious playing it through the second time because I bit. started playing it through mm-hmm. the hard and it was much much faster. But I just I got so bored with it, <laughs> so bored. Well, it really is, and this is actually another week where I, I think. I guess we kind of already said I started to get bored towards the end of this. So I honestly just sat there with a walkthrough guide pulled up once I hit, I think about chapter six and there were some of the puzzles that I was like, that would have taken me at least an hour to really accidentally figure out. And I was so thankful that I didn't. Once I knew the ending, I kind of just didn't give a crap. I was like, (laughs) what a lame ending. Just get me to the end now. Uh, I never used, I never pulled up like a Google walkthrough. I would use the hotline, which I used the hotline like once in the beginning, like once or twice in the middle, and then I ended up using like four or five times in the end. Because in the end, I was kind of getting frustrated. Like, okay, like I don't get what's going on. Like I have these components, but I'm missing this one thing. 
And sometimes I thought the hit line was the, the hotline was kind of hit or miss because like at one point I was trying to fix the watch, but apparently you're not supposed to really fix the watch till a later chapter. So because of that, the hotline wasn't giving me any hints to it, but I was so focused on trying to get this watch fixed at this certain time. So like it wasn't really working for me. So overall, I really liked that they had this hotline in there. But yeah, sometimes it just it was kind of vague with what for hints they were giving you. Yeah, well, once I realized it didn't penalize you at all for using the hotline, too, I was like, screw it. I'm just going to use this whenever I get in a jam. But the first time I actually went to Google was the hotline just was way too vague. It just said Franklin can't leave the hotel through the front door, which I guess the spoiler, but not really is you get to play as a ghost at one point. And yeah, you can't leave it through the front door, but it would not tell me how I was supposed to get out of that place. And it drove me nuts. So finally, I just Googled it, and I found it pretty easily. (laughs) The one thing I really did kind of enjoy that this game did, each character has a to-do list. And I really like that about this game, because it really kind of helped gave you guide. Like, it it always kind of helped steer you in the right way as to what you're supposed to do for certain puzzles. Because that's the one thing I did kind of frustrate with some point-click adventure games. You could do different parts of puzzles that are meant to be in later chapters, which you could also do in this game. Like, like I was saying when I was trying to fix the watch. But that technically wasn't on my to-do list. So it should have been kind of a, a hint to me like, hey, don't worry about the watch right now. But I was just so focused on the watch. But I really liked that everyone had a kind of a way to like kind of guide you as to what you're supposed to do. Yeah, that was definitely pretty helpful. I did like that. So overall, though, what did you guys think of the graphics of this game? Um, I thought they were all right. I, didn't, I knew what they were going for. So even though I didn't think that they were the greatest, I knew that that's what they wanted. I mean, they said they wanted it to be, like, Maniac Mansion. Like, they wanted it to look and feel like that. So, for me, I just kind of expected it to be meh. But, yeah, I would say I have the same mostly opinion of you, dude, Liz. I don't have the background, or I didn't know it was based on another game, I guess. But I knew it was pixelated, and so I just really figured, meh. There's, they're, not, they're never going to be great. They just are what they are. So, I really like the graphics. I think they did a fantastic job kind of like reimagining old school point click adventure games because it is slightly better graphics but they did a really good job of just like the pixels and like how the characters moved or how things would blow in the wind i actually was really impressed kind of what they did with the graphics and like the art direction they went with i thought it was really cool because it didn't seem too old it had a lot more colors and stuff to it but i don't know I, i thought they did a really good job with it no, when you put it like that, I, I can definitely agree with you. It's just, again, for me to talk about the graphics, I guess I just, like, I don't look at it the same way as you do, obviously, which just a different uh, kind of viewpoint, I guess. Uh, Wrong yeah. viewpoint. No, like I said, because I'm not even <laughs> calling them bad. I just, to me, they weren't anything special, but you do make some good points. I'll give you that. I thought it was interesting that every once in a while they would throw in some 80s references so that you would remember that it was supposed to take place yeah. in the 80s so when the kid is testing you because you want something from him he asks a bunch of questions you have to know like 80s slang and i picked his uh, name to be emilio estevez because he needs <laughs> like a secret name yeah there's one point where you do a radio contest too and they even ask you 80 questions like who played marty mcfly in back to the future and uh who's who's like the current president so i, I really like that they, yeah they did some 80s questions with the uh, radio trivia as well Another kind of nice thing about this game, which we kind of mentioned before, which I kind of did enjoy, uh, was collecting the specks of dust. So 
the game overall has some pretty easy achievements, and some of them are actually a lot of fun. A couple of them, unfortunately, are missable, but like as we were saying, if you play this game on normal and go to casual, you can easily blaze through this game and quickly get those achievements again. But yeah, I actually really enjoyed these achievements because it made you do interesting things with the environment that actually weren't part of like the story. Like one of the secret achievements we did, uh, if you actually look it up and find it, because it's one of the secret achievements, but giving radioactive waste to a man-eating plant just to make it grow. So I thought like some of the achievements kind of made you kind of do these fun, goofy things that I actually really enjoyed. So I thought this game had some cool hidden paths you could do, like digging up the buried treasure, which gave you the tokens to actually play the arcade game. You didn't get any achievements to play the arcade games, but you got an achievement for just finding the buried treasure, which I actually thought was really cool. Yeah, this game does kind of make you play again twice, and because of that, me and Keith, we both thousand this game. I don't know, how many, did you notice how many achievements you got, Liz? Oh, I don't pay attention to that. But I do <laughs> like a game where they pop up every once in a while, and I'm like, oh, I got an achievement. But yeah, I, I never know what I get for achievements. Right. I didn't finish hard, because like I said earlier, I got a little bored with it. So I didn't a thousand it. No, I would bet though, if you got, if you didn't hit the 75, but you got close, I'd still assume you probably got about 75% of the achievements, if I were to guess. Um, but yeah, I, I thought they were a lot of fun, like you said too, Andrew. So there was the one that we talked about where you could dial 100 numbers, and that one, well, somewhat oh. entertaining, was so tedious. That took that me was. Like a good hour or so. Maybe not, maybe like 30 minutes, but it was kind of tedious. The books to you guys me... guys actually did that? Yes. That was crazy. Yeah, because it it's super while. easy. It was just boring. I thought the books were a lot of fun and way easier to do. Like, I found what I liked about this game in some of the humor... I had mentioned this one to you, Andrew, was that they just kind of had smart things about it, too, that were, I don't know if it's an Easter egg or whatever it may be, but one of the books I picked up, it was a book about fungus, and it was written by Mycelium, which is like the name of, I don't know, some part of of mushrooms or whatever. So there was kind of some fun things to that part, but again, largely just collecting. Yeah, rummaging through the books, I thought was pretty funny. Doing the voicemail messages once, yeah, it was really tedious. But yeah, doing the book one, there was one I found called The Test. And on the left page, it says, look to the left. And then on the right page, it says, you failed the test. So I, I just like some of the humor and some of the books actually thought were really funny. Yeah, I spent quite a bit of time looking at them. <laughs> yeah, so there's kind of a lot of, there's a lot of little humor jokes in this. But yeah, like I said, I didn't find anything like super hilarious. No, I was just glad to get a thousand gamer score again. Two weeks in a row. Yeah, so if you're into this kind of game, you plan on picking it up and you're an achievement hunter, I, you could easily thousand this game. It, it just kind of takes two quick playthroughs. Honestly, but, even if, you, if you're just an achievement hunter, I would say this might be worth your time just to get the 1,000 gamer score easily. Yeah, if, if you, you just put like up the, the guide. Yeah. yeah, just pull up the guide, rush through it, and you can probably get through it real quick. So that's going to be for the most part for us. Uh, kind of get into our final thoughts here. Liz, since this was your pick, tell us overall what did you think of this game and what would you give it? For me, I started out loving this game. And then I started to not like it so much. It wasn't the game that I wanted it to be. I really wanted it to be a mystery. I really wanted character development. And I think that with the click and point adventure games, it's fun, the idea of it. And when you start playing it, it's like, oh yeah, I really miss these. And then I think halfway through, it kind of gets tedious. And it sounds kind of harsh, but I do think that the ending was kind of a cop-out. For me, that was the biggest disappointment. And after the game, my opinions kept varying. Like, I was like, I want to give it this score. And then 
I would change it. And I think I'm maybe down to a 70 now. I started out with like a 75, 80. And I think, I think it might be a 70 now. I still think that it's a game for me, but I was really torn with the ending. I, I think I'm going to stick with game. It's a game. Yeah, so I largely thought it was good. I kind of feel like you did last week, Liz, in some ways. Like, it was good. I don't know. It. <laughs> I thought it was... I had some fun with it, but really I got bored with it by the end. It's. I don't think I mentioned this earlier when Andrew did, but I agree with him. I'm not much of a point-and-click fan myself. It's just not my genre. I I like more action. So yeah, I think as an overall score, I don't I don't want to let my opinion of the genre affect it too much. I just I guess maybe like a 65 though, yeah, cuz the story was just boring, but it is great for the achievement score again, so still worth a game, I I say. So for me, I think this I think this is a game. If you if you do like point and click adventure games or if you're new to the genre, I think this is a very good introductory to the series since the fact that they do have a casual mode it does make it pretty simple but then if you're a huge fan of point click adventure games i think they did a fantastic job for like giving an homage to a lot of the original games so if you're new to this or you're a longtime fan i think this does find a nice niche for both kind of audiences i was really kind of disappointed in the story as you guys are also kind of saying that was just my biggest kind of complaint with it but overall, I like the puzzles. I do like the environment. I, I enjoyed, for the most part, most of the characters. So for me, I'd probably give this game like a 75. I, I'm not a huge fan of point-and-click adventure games, but I, I did find this one really accessible. And so I did enjoy it because of that. Which I think you're closer to the Metacritic score. It was um, an 80 for the critics, 7.5. Oh, sorry, 84 for the meta score and 7.5 for the user score. Which, I mean, I, I think that the, the clown kind of... I mean, I can see why someone would give it a 7.5. Plus, <laughs> plus 0.5 for the clown. Yeah, the clown definitely, I think, kind of saved it for me. All right, well, I think that's going to about do it for us this week. If you enjoyed listening, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Well, instead of that, I just want to say, if you could at least follow us on Twitter, that'd be kind of nice. We really want to kind of see, you know, we have been seeing a lot of growth with this podcast, and we greatly appreciate you people for listening. But we'd like to know that you guys are there. You know, just just follow us on Twitter. You don't have, even have to write us anything. But yeah, we would just like to kind of uh, see some of our fan base because we greatly appreciate you for taking the time to listen to us ramble and act like we know what we're talking about. And I want to know who's right. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously me forever and always. <laughs> but yeah, thank you all so much for actually taking the time to listen to us. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at GPGBpod. Uh, we're also on Facebook at Game Pass Grab Bag, or you can send us an email at GamePassGrabBag at gmail.com. But I have been your hardcore gamer host, Andrew. Uh, you can follow me on Xbox Live at Firebird01844, uh, which I also, my Twitter account is also the same handle, so you can also follow me on Twitter. And I stream a good amount of the games, which if you go to my mixer, it's the same name, and you can see some of the past clips we did. I will either do the game that we're playing or i also have some clips of me playing apex which i also enjoy playing that game and next week is actually going to be my pick which i am picking void bastards which is kind of described as an homage to bioshock and system shock liz where can people follow you they can follow me on twitter at liz the noob noob is ew and my gamer tag is come on i'm dean but i'm not confident enough to stream yet but you guys should definitely see them stream apex keep yeah <laughs> I'm still here, and that's my name. You can follow me on Twitter, KeithLynch121, on Xbox, Lil Fluffy, where I also stream on Mixer sometimes with the same name, and 
like I mentioned, always you can just find the link on my Twitter, whatever's easier for you. Um, awesome. Well, thank you all so <laughs> awesome. much for uh, taking the time with us, and uh, we'll hopefully see you again next week. See you. Thank you.